Hi, and welcome to the latest episode of the Good Works Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the ways we impact the community when we're not making grants. And as always, please listen until the end when we'll tell you what we're looking forward to. Hey there. How you doing? I'm good. I feel like things are getting really busy. They really are. <laughs> now, you just came through our annual community grants program. Yes. Which is our biggest grant making cycle of the year. Yeah. How was so, it? Um, it was a lot of fun. It always is. Yeah. Um, a lot of work. <laughs> uh, really grateful to our volunteer grant reviewers who show up and you know do the work of reading the applications at home and then coming into a meeting um, for more review and making final recommendations. But um, I don't have the final tally yet because I'm right. still working all that out. But we're close to like half a million dollars in, wow. in grants this cycle. So that number always blows me away. Me too. I think back to when I started in 2002 and a grant cycle would be $50,000. Yeah. So we have added a zero. Yeah. And so that's that change has happened just in 20 years, yeah. right? Yeah. 21 years because you've been here 21 years I now? think I have. I'm losing track. <laughs> Yeah. And I will have been here 16 years I know. in January, so yeah. huge growth. Huge. Yeah. Well, today what we thought we would talk about is the stuff we do mm-hmm. that isn't grant-making, but is still big community investment. Yeah. And I think we're well-known for our grants because that's mm-hmm. what everyone sees. Make an application, submit it, yeah. see what happens. Right. Most of the time, we're able to award those. We have yep. a pretty good hit rate yes. as a foundation. Yeah. Or sending high school, like my Facebook feed is full of, you know, high school graduates going off to college yes. and looking at dorm rooms and stuff, which I it's it's like eye candy for me. I just love it. It's I, so yes. fun to watch. Yes. So like the scholarships that we make. Same. Um, I mean, we're now yeah. in the hundreds of scholarships. Yeah. So that's the stuff that's really visible. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, at any given moment, we are behind the scenes on hmm, half a dozen or more community programs, projects, ideas that are just percolating. Right. Absolutely. it's a while before they're going to become public, but we're in on the the action from the beginning. Yeah. So either the ideas come to us or they're sort of generated by us, you know, by way of like asking the community kind of what they need. So we thought we'd talk about that today, and I thought I would start with two that resulted from um, when we do a big survey. This is going to happen again in 2024, so spoiler alert, be watching it out for that exciting survey that will be Make coming sure your you way, listeners. Last time we got over 1,000 respondents. But in our most recent survey, which would have been 2019 for our 2020 planning process, we asked the community a bunch of questions. And they came back and let us know that two huge areas we needed help in were, one, childcare, and two, transportation. Neither of these surprised us, but this was over a 1,000 people telling us this. Mm -hmm. So what did we do, Sarah, with that information? So we sort of looked at our toolbox, um, Mm -hmm. you know, as far as what we have in the community, um, to figure out how we could, you know, crack the code, so to speak, and, and... in helping with these two particular areas of childcare and transportation. So we reached out to the experts that we have. Um, I'll first, you know, talk about um, childcare. Yeah. Um, we have the Shimon County Childcare Council, 
And um, we looked towards them, and they were already thinking about ways to, because mm-hmm. this is what they're good at. And right? they're also incredibly awesome people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I <laughs> can't leave that out. Um, <laughs> and so they're already working on finding ways to increase the number of um, daycare, daycare homes and family daycare centers and um, helping folks to see that um, – having your own daycare is a viable source of income and it is a business. Mm -hmm. Um, So doing all the things they can to wrap around and support individuals who want to start their own daycare programs at the same time, opening up more slots for children and um, giving parents, you know, options as far as good quality places for their kids to be during work day. That's right. So we jumped in and said, okay, this is a fantastic need and you have some fantastic ideas. And so they created the pipeline program, which helps someone who already loves kids already has that giving, loving, caring nature. Just like you said, all of the small business development tools. And we fund that so that they can then create a successful small business. And now we've had, what, eight new family daycare homes in just the first year. Just the first year, eight. With a couple that, you know, were a little slow going and, you know, it didn't quite work out because life happens. Oh, yeah. People change their minds. But um, eight total, I think, brand new ones. And then more year over year. Yeah, there's always more. So. Mm That's just one one of many things. So let's talk about transportation. Yeah. So we do you want to Oh this sure. Trans- you've been sort of like Yeah, transportation's like one of my little favorite mm-hmm. little things. Um, as much as we recognize and um, are deeply worried about climate change, mm-hmm. public transportation here isn't necessarily the answer for day-to-day needs in rural areas. For instance, it's not better for the environment to send a bus on a rural route that picks up one person uh, because you're using a lot of fossil fuels in order to move one person. What we have is car culture, Mm -hmm. and that's part of rural living. And so if you're someone of moderate or low income and your car breaks down, that can be it. That You might have to quit your job. You might have to quit going to school. You might have to change everything about your life because you just can't afford that car repair. So what we did was we took note of a great program in Steuben County, another county we serve, that helped people with car repairs, but had a lot of different rules because it's a a little bit different. It's funded differently. differently. And we said, well, what if we had a program here that was a little easier to access. So we partnered with that same agency and created the Shimon County Wheels to Work program, which is essentially anyone that hits fits within the income guideline, if your car breaks down, you can get up to $1,500 for car repairs. So yeah. real money. Yeah. Really repair that car. You can also, if you have a lapse in your insurance, yes. get money to help get that back on track because if you have a lapse in insurance sometimes you have to pay a full six months on and on it's a whole sticky situation and now we've had so many people either you know young people any ages parents you name it uh get these dollars and repair their cars and stay employed in fact 76 percent of people that participate in this program are still employed what was it a year later a year later uh yeah yeah. In one year. Yep. So that's wonderful. Yeah. It And those are people that might have really ended up unemployed. Yeah. And in fact, in the past, it did. Sure. And 
oh, we just read a story of a woman who was pregnant and starting a new job yeah. and her car broke down on the way to oh, the wait. first day of her new job. Yeah. Yeah. And this program came through in that moment and now she's really thriving you know baby's been born everything's good everyone's healthy work is good and she works in a care position Mm -hmm. where we have big big need and you know a lot of those positions are currently unfilled so that's just another example now this ultimately we fund these programs through grant making but it's not the same grant making and we fund them kind of in perpetuity. Right, right. So these are more like our proactive grant making instead of, you know, when you apply to a grant cycle that's, you know, accepting applications, that's more of us reacting to your application. Yeah. Obviously, the programs um, have to match kind of like our Mm -hmm. um, priorities, um, which are pretty broad for the most part anyways. Quality of Um, life. Quality of life. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so this is the... I mean, it's all exciting stuff. It is. It's all great work. But What about some other times the community have come to us? Um, so this was back, like, a long time ago. Yeah, this has gone started, on for right? ever. So, yeah. um, <laughs> when our foundation kind of doubled in size. Sure did. Um, one, one night with the Helen Schuyler Fund came in yeah. in February of 2004. So you would hit the road. Yep. And did a lot, had a lot of conversations with folks about... Um, you know, what would you do if you had a million dollars? Sure did, thing. yeah. And so from what I remember, the genesis of the Shimon County School Readiness Project was, you know, that, um, you know, kids not being ready to um, enter kindergarten was like a huge, huge issue. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, you know, had gone on for a number of years, it was very successful, and we... Uh, more than cut in half the number of kids who weren't prepared to enter we kindergarten. Did. Um, so super, super exciting. That still lives on, kind of? Oh, yeah. I'm just doing some strategic planning right now for SRP the next 20 years because it'll be 20 years old soon. Oh, my gosh. And so we're oh doing planning for the next 20 years. That's incredible. Yeah. And it's stretched into Steuben County. It has. It's a little different, but, yep. you know, stretched there. Um, but then sort of the spinoffs of that were um, the Horsehead's Family Resource Center. That's right. If you're someone who goes to the Horsehead's Family Resource Center, you it's fun to know that that was just an incredibly great idea from a few community members mm-hmm. and a few people that were members of a church yep. in Horsehead saying we'd love a place for families to gather with lots of toys and fun stuff and for free. Yep. That was the biggest thing, a place you don't have to go shop or buy right. stuff or and open during cold weather, hot weather. Right. And now that program is so oh successful, and so it's moved successful. into a space at the Arnett Mall, yeah. and it has served now generations. I mean, I took my son there kids. when he was little, too, yeah. um, and he's now 15, right. so, and he remembers, like, the, the big gym, yes. which is at the church on Broad Street um, yeah. the, that he could play in during the wintertime with all kinds of toys. So what I love about resource centers is that it's a mix of, you know, formal education and then the informal parent education. Yeah. Um, and that's why I didn't attend many of the formal parent ed stuff, like they do a mother goose I remember that. Program. Yeah. Uh, but it was the, you know, when you're in a room with other parents who have kids of a similar age and you kind of like hear how one parent is parenting their kid and you're like, oh, that's a really good idea to get them to do that, you know, X, Y, Z thing or show them how to do such and such. So yeah. um, I absolutely love the resource center idea. So that was just yeah. born out of born conversations out of right in our office. Yep. Um, 
And then sometimes the ideas aren't necessarily quite so visible to the whole community, but for many, many many years. There was talk of why can't we have a coordinated calendar? You'd have two nonprofits plan an event on the same night. And there was no way to check on that. And so for so long, everyone said, we need a community calendar. And there had been versions of it here and there via newspapers or other things. And for instance, there'd be a great arts calendar, but it wouldn't include human service activities, so on. So we realized that's actually two problems. Mm-hmm. One is a behind-the-scenes planning calendar where all the nonprofits can go on and put events that the community, the public, doesn't see. Right. So that if they go and say, hey, we're going to have our 50th anniversary two years from now on that night, right. it needs that's long before it's announced. Mm-hmm. But then someone else can say, oh, okay, if they're having their 50th anniversary, we won't have our annual fundraiser that night. Right. Yes. And then we also have a need for a community calendar where everyone can go look. So the community foundation, you wouldn't know it, but we actually house both of those things. There's a behind-the-scenes planning calendar that's, uh, you know, password protected and all that. It kind of lives on its own. Yeah. And it's not pretty. Right. (laughs) It's just crunchy. Yes. Then there's a beautiful offering called FLX Calendar. It's Just Google that, look at it any, you know, you'll find it on any of your devices. And there you can go find everything happening from library story hours to concerts to Mm -hmm. community festivals. If if it's happening, it's on that calendar. Throughout the Finger Lakes region. Yes. So not just Shimon County or Steuben County, it's like the whole region. It's the whole region region. and intentionally grabs Ithaca so that people here can see what's happening at our neighbor's house. Yes. And go up there as well. Mm -hmm. And so you don't see the words community foundation on that, but it's funded fully by the foundation yeah. and it's not even a grant that's a vendor we yeah. we actually contract with a local community member who is amazing at it yes. and she manages that whole thing mm-hmm. so that was just years of conversation and years of feeling like I can't be in two places at once right right and now it's gotten a lot better it really has and yeah speaking to the FLX calendar it's it, the old way of doing it you would go like um, the TV stations, you know, they have an online calendar yeah. and a newspaper. And you, I'd find myself having to go to, like, 10 different places yes. to figure out what is happening in our area. So FLX Calendar definitely fits that need. We love it. So we listened, and we yes. figured out a way to meet the need. Yes, we did. We found people to help us. Too. Yes, yes. We <laughs> don't actually really maintain that calendar. That we is, find the experts out there. Who we can do. do it. People who are so good at it. Yep. And something I really like about it is because we're able to fund that fully in what it needs, it doesn't have to be ad-supported. Right. And if you think about your ad-supported pages, mm-hmm. how messy they get, right? Yeah. How cluttered yeah. they get. Yeah. If I'm telling you. FLX calendar is beautiful. It it's is. lovely to search. Shades of turquoise and navy blue. It's very pretty. Very clean. Yeah, very Finger Lakes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there's no pay to play. No. If you mm-hmm. see something listed there, no one paid to put that there. Right. It's an authentic, true event happening. Uh, it's it's not that yeah you don't sort of see that idea it's that sponsor yeah or, you know. and we we like that about it too mm-hmm. I think now you know for instance when I use a Google search I remember back in college Google would just return a bunch of results yeah. but now it's a whole page of ads yeah yeah we want to make sure that our calendar for our region isn't like that right exactly um, and then there are conversations that are happening right now yes. So, so many. So many, in fact. Like, yeah. 
um, really excited about all of them um, that come to us. Uh, I'll tackle the skate park. Yes, please do. Um, Not that I'm a skater at all, but... um, Oh, but we're going to be. Oh, but I'm a roller skater. I wonder if I can roller skate on the skate. Probably. I bet. Yeah. (laughs) Wheels. You just need wheels. Just need wheels. Yeah, wheels (laughs) of any sort. Um, But those of you who are familiar with Eldridge Park, um, you may not really be that familiar with a skate park that's kind of located kind of you know, adjacent to, but behind Eldridge. It's actually owned by the city of Elmira. Um, But uh, that skate park was built, I can't remember how long, maybe 10, maybe no longer No longer. I think he said 15 or 20 years ago. Yeah, 15 or 20 years ago. And at the time, it was great. It was. You know, we didn't have a skate park in the area. So um, for its time, it was was good. But over the years, it's gotten pretty shoddy. you know, and kind of dangerous. There's some safety yeah. issues too. There's cracks in the cement and so forth. So, um, so a group of um, hey, just skaters, skaters um, came together and were like, "Hey, let's let's try to do something with this. Either um, just make the needed repairs or go big and like create kind of like the skate park of our dreams." Yep. Um, so um, they came to us with that idea. And kind of talked us through it. So um, we'll now be working with them Mm -hmm. to um, create kind of like a pass-through fund. So they're going to go and do a lot of fundraising and work with the city and the county and so forth and other funders. Um, But then sort of just use us as their back room to, um, to help raise their money. And that's another yeah, service we provide, again, yeah. that's more invisible, uh, yeah. but right, we, we are a 501c3 organization, mm-hmm. and so we can offer that help to gr- groups of community members that have a great yeah. idea. Yeah, and it's more like, so they wouldn't want to really spin off and become their own nonprofit. These are, right. are time-limited projects. That's right. Where it just doesn't make sense for them to go through the really long and expensive mm-hmm. process of become a five, becoming a 51C3 of their own. So they come to us to kind of percolate their they idea. They do. <laughs> and their idea. We've done it so many times. Mm-hmm. It's really a fun service that we get yeah. to offer. And we get to know really cool people. Yes, we do. Because yeah. they're always so passionate about their project. Yeah. I'm thinking of the um, horseshoe pits yes. people. Oh, that, yes. Love that. Yeah, that was Still great. love that. Never yeah. knew horseshoe Oh, it has such a the devoted following. Into, totally, yeah. And, and because of that fun, now you've got these great horseshoe pits, and yeah. now they've had a big tournament. Yes. And I, yeah. I just smile every time I think about right. it. Exactly. Um, and then sometimes we help out organizations that are far more established. Mm-hmm. And this is, I'm going to give an example of what's happening right now at Tanglewood, which is so near and dear to our mm-hmm. hearts. We talk about Tanglewood all the time. Tanglewood Nature Center in Shimung County. They are working on building a canopy trail, which means you get to walk along at the top of the trees. Mm -hmm. They are so neat. When you're on a canopy trail, you see the world from such a different vantage point. Mm -hmm. And you see different animals and you see the birds' nests and all of this stuff. And so they came to us to ask, hey, what do you think? Do you think it's doable that we could raise this much money for this project? It'll cost X, Y, Z. And I went up there to hear the presentation and left not only convinced it can be done, but asking them, can I be on your committee? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and please. they joined, I, I uh, proactively, you know, enthusiastically joined the committee. Mm-hmm. And I've 
absolutely been delighted at watching this project unfold. It's going to take a lot of public funding, and it's working through the process. And there's been some news coverage of it. It's been popping around social media, so I'm not telling any secrets. Mm -hmm. But we're watching it from the inside and providing some support, some letters of support, some needed things that happen along the way to help get that public funding. Mm -hmm. And so at the end of the day, when it happens, we won't have a ton of dollars in the project, but we will have been there every step of the way. Exactly. So those are just a handful of ways we leave our fingerprints all over the community (laughs) um, that you might not know. And we could have Honestly, we could talk about this for weeks. We just pulled out a few examples, but there are probably 100 more examples I could talk about right now, and we just won't because otherwise this would be our longest episode ever. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And if you're sitting there listening and thinking, wait a minute, I've always had an idea. Wait, I can call them or I can email them Mm -hmm. and just talk about it? Yes, absolutely. And I would say start with just shooting an email to info at communityfund.org. That account is monitored. Yes, I promise you, if you send something to info at, you will get a a reply from one of us really quickly. A human will reply to that. (laughs) Uh, It's just the way that it comes in and then we farm it out to the right person. Yes. Um, So yeah, info at communityfund.org is your best friend. And I promise you, someone would read it within moments. Absolutely. All right. So Sarah, with all of that fun thinking, uh, (laughs) now I'm just wanting to dive into all of the fun stuff we've done, but what are you looking forward to in the next few days and weeks? Oh gosh. So everything that has to do with like back to school in fall. Always. say that every time around, around this year. Um, but as I was checking out um, FLX calendar, yes, um, I noticed that this Saturday there is a um, there's going to be a guided dog walk mm-hmm. um, by one of Tanglewood Nature Center's staff members um, at their other trail um, system, and it's called Personius Woods. Some people aren't really that familiar with Personius because it is it does it's it's down the hill actually from. Tanglewood kind of uh, is your, if you're coming from Elmira, it's on your way up to um, Harris Hill. Yes. Um, But it's a, you know, it's a smaller trail system, kind of, um, I think there are three different loops um, that you can go on. And at that trail, you're actually able to bring your animals. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas up at Tanglewood proper, um, they really don't want you to bring um, leash dogs, which is fine. So um, that's happening this Saturday at 10 o'clock at Personius. Registration is uh, requested, so you can just go to Tangwood Nature Center's um, website. There's no cost. Yeah. Um, and so it'll be a guided dog walk, and then all along during the guided walk, they'll be talking about flora and fauna yes. and just um, really lovely. So, um, yeah, looking forward to that. I can't imagine an event more tailored to you. Oh, gosh, no, no. <laughs> Sorry. That was like, I was like very enthusiastic. Yes. No, absolutely. I'm always, I'm either at the river or I'm in the yes. woods with my two beasts. So, um, yes. But, Your yeah. two energetic, exciting, mm. very sweet dogs. Crazy dogs, yeah. <laughs> but if you can't join Saturday, you can still take advantage of Personius. And then we have Anytime. several other places that we can bring dogs to um, on hikes if you like to do that sort of thing. Um, we were talking about Stiggy Hill, yeah. which is... Um, Owned by Finger Lakes Land Preserve, mm-hmm. um, 
And then Houghton, right? Houghton yeah, Preserve. the Houghton Preserve. Yeah, if the Finger Lakes Land Trust, you can check out their website. They're kind of, we often talk about the Arts Council as being our cousins because of their arts funding. Mm-hmm. The Land Trust are sort of our other cousins. You know, you have cousins on your mom's side and your dad's side. <laughs> okay, so they're our cousins on the other side because they handle land management. Yeah. And if someone wants to leave land to be used by the community forever and ever, mm-hmm. that's their whole reason to be, and they do it so well. well. So when I'm talking with donors that have that vision, I'm so happy to send them over there because I really trust the work they do. And then they open up those spaces with trails and parking areas and all this good stuff. So if you've never taken a peek at their website and learned more about what they have available, please do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I love their organization. Yeah, me too. How about you? What are you looking forward to? Well, same, sort of the whole fall vibe. Um, Yeah. All of it. It's my it's my season mm-hmm. is coming, um, but specifically, I love Harvest Festival, mm. which happens in Corning every year, and they close the street down, and it's so pretty. Yeah, the mums alone. Um, so, what I'm going to encourage everyone listening to do is go to FLX calendar because <laughs> I forgot to write down the exact date. <laughs> But it's typically the third weekend in September. Yeah. I just don't know what those dates are right now. Yeah. So, um, But this is your chance. Now you can go use the tools that we've talked about, and I'm sure it will be there. Um, but it's a chance to walk around and enjoy some fall foliage. Oh, yes, it is September 16th. That's the actual it's like date. right around the corner. Yeah, it's soon. It's kind of like our, our region's kickoff to fall. It is. And there's typically mm, just... They think of all the beauty of fall, and you get it in one big dose. Yes. <laughs> so, on one street. On one street. <laughs> um, I've just It's been a favorite event of mine since I moved here in 1999. That's how long it's gone on. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Well, with that, it is the last week of August. We're going to close out this summer and launch ourselves into the whole back-to-school fall moment. Yeah. Best of luck to all the kiddos yeah. in college, but then also the ones that are just you know still in grade-level school. So Yeah, you've got a 10th grader. Yes. Big year. Yes. And then also here in our foundation family, we have a rising second grader and our very own Finney starts kindergarten. Oh, my goodness. And you have a sophomore. And I have a, a sophomore, sophomore in college. Wow. So, yeah, big happenings here at the Community mm-hmm. Foundation with all our littles. Um, and with that, thank you so much for listening. I really look forward to the next time we get to talk during the Good Works podcast. <laughs>